What's up, everyone? Welcome to Matt's Anvil, the place where you'll learn the tools to forge yourself a story for you and your friends. My name is Matt. And I'm Josh. And today, our topic is magic items. Magic Pro items. Probably the best thing about magic. Probably or, the or best thing about everything, honestly. If you think about it, every tabletop game, every, like, even deck building games, every, everything like that, they all have some kind of magic items. D&D, uh, magic items. Uh, Magic Gathering, equip spells, um, yeah, equipment, equipment, artifacts, uh, the, new, the new four Mirrodin effect, which is essentially just living weapon, but I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I'm not even sure if I could say better yet. Ah, yeah, you know, even Yu-Gi-Oh has stuff like equip spells. That's what I originally meant when I said equip spells, because uh, I've been playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh lately. Does it? Yeah, they have spell cards and trap cards that are equip spells. That's getting cut out of the video. I have. Since I was like in middle school, play Master Duels with me. It's a lot of fun. Some of my cards got stolen. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, so like we said, today's uh, today's topic is magic items because, of course, magic items are more than likely the most like appreciated thing in all of D and D and tabletop in general. Um, I can't think of a single time that a player or a DM or anyone wasn't more than happy to get some sort of a magic item in their inventory, whether it be common, legendary, an artifact, anything. Except for the deck of many things. Like, that thing scares the crap out of me. Josh. Mostly because I... The first time I, we ran that campaign, who hunted cards? So I don't want to hear it. Just because you got burned... Immediately. Does not mean... Immediately burned. Does not mean <laughs> that you don't look forward to even risky magical items. Now, Don John immediately. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's like, yeah, it was super, it was super unfortunate, but that's okay. That's not the point. The point is, is that we were still happy to find them and we hunted them down. Excuse me. So it's, it's very clear that magical items are something precious to everyone who plays tabletop games. But a, a, the, the real question that a lot of people ask, because everyone looks for this, everyone um reads for this uh, i mean i can't tell you how many things that exist online uh, for resources is making magical items both in game and out of it uh as the dungeon master of course uh creating magical items is something that you could do you could also use what already exists which is totally viable there's some really cool shit out there there's a lot of actually really cool shit out there i i have literally like been bored started reading through magical items and be like cool what is this read it and be like how have i never one found this or two looked for this right like the the amulet of um the protection against detection no um the one i can't remember the name but it lets you like traverse any environment oh oh adaptation it's, yeah it's the amulet of adaptation like that's it's just so cool. sick yeah and it's so simple Magic items are really fucking cool. It's it's a mutually agreed on term. Um, right now, for the start of this, though, we're going to look at the DM side of things because that's where... Um, he has to be. No. I can be on the player side of things and still talk about freaking magic items, Josh. But the reason why you talk about it from the DM side first is because that's where they're born. How they affect players and things like that come later, or how players make them even come later. But... Magical items, inventing them, start from behind the DM screen. Yeah. <clears throat> so, a lot of people 
And this is going to make a lot of people very mad. Uh, because I can't tell you how many times I've been asked, uh, hey, how do you make your magic items? They're really freaking cool. Corey every other day. Corey, at, yeah. Like a, friend of, a friend of ours asks me all the time, hey, how do your magic items work? I really want to learn how to do that. Get ready to be disappointed. So... Before I before I answer that question, we're gonna talk about some other methods of creation first because it's it's uh it's gonna leave a lot of people disappointed as, as with, Josh said like our method yeah with yeah with with the with the methodology of which I use um but in my eyes uh, from studying this and looking at all, everything there there's about three methods involved that you can use to create a basis for magical items of course. All of these methods are going to be used in the process at some point. It's just how you start them that uh, kind of builds the route that your magic item is going to take uh, in, in its final formation. Um, so the first method is uh, mechanically. So if you're inventing items for a specific mechanic, uh, the first thing you have to understand is that this is the most meticulous part of it. Because this is breaking down what the item does, how it's supposed to interact, what its mechanics are... I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of... Like, this is where all the key details of what the actual magic item is for. Um, and this is generally used for when you're thinking of... In a way, giving it to players for starting out. Like, a lot of times, you'll come up with a mechanic... Like, you'll mechanically design a magical item because you have a certain person in mind or a certain scene in mind that you want to create. Yeah. Um, like, for example, in my games, whenever I run a D&D game, um, I make magical items for my players. A uh, lot of them. Yeah, but, I mean, I wouldn't say a lot of them. I would say they are involved ones. So they, they change as you level up, which is what yeah. makes them deep. But in the beginning, it's just... They're, they're just a magical item for the person. But on the mechanical portion of this finding out what the item does and how it's supposed to interact with specific players is how I formulate magical items for them. So, for example, um, Josh, your your character, Nanan... Which version? The first one. Okay, so the shield. Yeah. So, you, you had explained to me in a backstory that you had been uh, a kobold that followed Tiamat, you had been banished and then imprisoned from the realm because you had found a scale of Bahamut, and had begun worshiping him. Yeah, questioning the both fates. Yeah. So, me, I saw that and I'm like, okay, so I can interact with the, the player by probably taking that scale of Bahamut, because it's probably bigger than him. Which, you know, it was. Uh, but I can also interact with it because of how he played the character. What class was Nanan? Or it, did he end up being in its um, final version? Because he was a paladin. He started paladin. Level one was paladin. Level two was sorcerer, and I kind of like hopped back and forth. Sure. Um, essentially, to show that his like his existence was almost at war with itself. Right. Between him choosing to worship Bahamut mm -hmm. and like his bloodline being more towards the Tiamat side. Right. So. Hearing that a player that I have has a magical item that is uh, connected to a god uh, is one uh, interaction. Discovering the mechanics of that, though, I, I look at their classes. Because... That shield is cool. My, the, the easiest way, in my opinion, 
to make a magical item have specific interactions with specific players or classes is to look at a class and see what it uses. For example, like find um, exhaustible resources. For example, a paladin has lay on hands. Yep. They gain five points per level and they can use those points to heal someone, uh, even from a down status uh, or cure diseases and stuff like that. Uh, whereas sorcerers, sorcerers have sorcery points. They can be used for meta magic. They can be used to alter spells. They can even be used to get spell slots back. So when I saw Josh's character, my first thought was, okay, I want it to, I want to take the two classes he's decided and find a way to mesh them better together. So it seems like one sort of uh, class, basically, even though he multiclassed. So my answer was giving his shield a feature that allowed him to uh, convert his lay on hands uh, pool into sorcery points and vice versa. In the similar way that you um, got rid of diseases with it, right? Right. You can, yes, at level one, you can heal five HP. Or you can use all five of it to neutralize, like, a poison or whatnot. True. So it was essentially, I, at level... I, well, because I was level 2, mm -hmm. even though I wasn't level 2 paladin, I think I still ended up with... No. I, I still only had 5. You still only had 5. But it, it essentially meant that I had an extra sorcery point if I needed it. Mm -hmm. Or because I had... The sorcerers get... The sorcery points at level 1? Yes. Uh, no. No, it's no they two. get it at level 2. Okay. Been a while since I played it that, has been that version of that we, character. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, it was just it was a really cool way to have extra of whatever I needed. It it made the game a bit more fun in that I could last a little longer in certain situations. Sure. But eventually, I would run out of all resources and be like, "Cool, I'm in danger." <laughs> But it is it is a, a valid standpoint for understanding how how the item it's it's supposed to interact. It is supposed to mesh your resources, so giving you advantage like giving you more resources in general, but making them exhaustible on both sides. And in addition to that, it's supposed to make your character what they do more fluid. Yeah. And it, and it, it did. really did. It really did. It's a. It was a fascinating like concept. I, I plan on building on it in the future. Um, but but that's the sort of like breakdown for for how you would want to do an item on the like the mechanical route. You you would want to find uh, whatever the basis is you're making it for, and get the pieces and parts of it to click together in a means that gives the result that you want. Which I know that was a lot of long words, but it's it's basically. If you're going to make an item and you're going to do it mechanically first, you're going to figure out how it works first. Take the easiest route. Yeah. If you if you know or why Or the path of re least resistance. Yeah. If you know why you're building it, that makes it a lot easier because especially if you're building it for a player, look at their class, look at their features, look at how, even their their like background stuff or the things they get from their race because like the more tailored to the the individual, if you are making it, um, the more excited they'll be when they get it. Or, in the case of that bow, the more impact it'll have when it comes up against them, 
Now, we never actually had to fight Artemis. That's true. But I definitely failed at least one wisdom save to not be afraid of her and that bow. Right. Um, and so this this was... Uh, he's referencing another item that I created. Because I, I create a lot of magical items. It's one of my favorite things in D&D. Uh, if I ever existed in a fantasy world, I would be a magic blacksmith. Would, Frick everything else. He would be an artificer. I... No... No, I don't like the artificer class. I would just be a. I would just. I would just be a magic blacksmith. Just a loser. Yep. Um, but no, he's he's referring to a bow that I had made that uh, it worked distinctly. It was made for a uh, an elven woman who was hunting chromatic dragons, uh, and so it basically gave the bow the ability of the frightful presence that dragons have, uh, but affects only chromatic dragons or draconic creatures oh uh, yeah anything connected uh in some way to dragons uh, it, it had an effect on because the kobold and the dragonborn were just like mm, don't like that bad vibes yeah <laughs> i was pretty cool I, it was awesome I, I've, I've made a lot of items like that in the past um what's really interesting is that that wasn't even her actual like her 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 main weapon that was what she had been given to find her main weapon yeah i showed you it before it was the one that um, that converts warlock spell slots into um, that you can fire them out of the bow, and they do like a ton of extra damage. I can fire oh, them yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty I cool. That one. I, I really liked it. Uh, it was it was I, I do I do a lot of magic item creation. It's it's a it's a problem sometimes. Um, however, your um, your explanation at the beginning of that uh, having a reason why leads us perfectly into method number two. So, when creating an item, and this is this is probably where everyone starts, uh, because it's it's like creating the missing puzzle piece to whatever it is you're working on. Create a magical item for a purpose. Yeah. Even if it's to empower your players and make them have more fun, or it's to make artifacts that uh, have. Um, that people are trying to steal. Um, always, always give your items a purpose. I, and I mean, looking at it in like actual story aspects, these are these are the common items for like lore and myths and that sort of thing. So like the items that were rumored could to destroy towns or protect them, or things wielded by past heroes and villains. Uh, those sorts of things, like that's the com the most common purpose for them is to aid the lore. Yeah. Um, but don't be afraid to make items with like smaller purposes. Um, so like items that are rings that can open specific doors throughout a city, uh, for, for thieves and that sort of thing, or a stone that can communicate for long distances, That's like cool. a sending stone. I like the ring idea. I yeah. It's a, that. it's a pretty cool, it, it's, like, I like that better than band of loyalty. Yeah. Band of loyalty. This kind of, I mean, it has like, its place. It has its place, but not in my mind for players. True. Well. Like, oh, I mean, I've known I've known a lot of people who've played rogues, and I've played a lot of rogues. If who... I if I was ever given the opportunity to play an evil character yeah. in the midst of a good party, I would take a band of loyalty. Yeah, I can see that. It's like that's where not, I would play that. It's not common. It's not. It's all. not. It's not, and I, that's that's I, absolutely understandable. And I remember the first time I read Band of Loyalty, and I was like, "It's like, in yeah. what instance would I want this?" In specific instances, <laughs> I, I'll give you that. It's it's definitely shouldn't be what it is. 
Um, but it does it does have its place. I can understand why it exists. Um, but my first thought when I was thinking of these items was um, in in the first world uh, for Tyranny of Dragons, Balman's um, mercenary ring. Yeah, it had the ability to make a room soundproof. Which we like. Did we ever actually use that? You did. You used it. Uh, Ballman used it a couple times. I... Um, he he specifically used it when you first met. Um, oh shoot, what was his name? The 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 paladin dude, the dwarf paladin dwarf guy that uh, was all gung ho and happy yeah. about everything. Uh, whenever he whenever Constantly you guys wrestling everything. Yeah, whenever you guys had your uh, your meeting to decide whether or not you were going to join the different groups within the sword uh, or so, a couple of the groups within the Sword Coast. Um, he used that ring to have a conversation with them because, you know, creating a, a, a soundproof. Yeah, creating a soundproof space. It's pretty cool. It's definitely one of the one of the more like interesting items I've made. Um, just, but, it's, uh, but it's also just a like. It's a small. It's detail. not a big thing. It is a little. Right. It is this cool little niche thing that was just like, it makes sense that it exists. Right. Especially in the, the circumstances that it was put in. It, no, and it, and it's true. Um, I, it, that's, that's a very good point when making magical items. And it's that no idea per se is too small of a reason to make an item. Yeah. Uh, because if it's a ring to create a soundproof room, I mean, great, that's usable that you can do a, actually a lot with that. Technically, if you did that, you'd be immune to soundproof spells from the outside or from sound spells or thunder spells from the outside. Yeah. I mean, you could you like there are ingenious, there are ingenious ways to use it, and that was only a common item. Yeah, something so, that pretty much every member of that like mercenary group mercenary had. Group had mm -hmm. So yeah, if um, if Bree had ever come back, I was gonna give her one. Poor Bree. Yeah, she has work and school and everything else. I never blame people for leaving the campaign, especially for those reasons. Life um, is so busy and hectic anymore. That's true. Life is super hectic anymore. Uh, but yeah, so, like, when when making magical items, don't be afraid to make th small things. Because small things are probably going to be one of the items that's used ingeniously in just the right moment. Yeah, like that. Like, like, like that concept. The ring is just, like, cool. This person... I don't think it ever occurred to Matt. I, Which is funny, because, because the amount the of mo things that questions. occurred to that man. Yeah, he asks the most <laughs> questions. So I'm gonna consider that a personal win. Like, for Q if we had ever run into a situation where somebody was solely using stuff like Thunderwave or whatnot, and he mm -hmm. was just like, "Okay, cool, click," you don't work against me anymore. <laughs> That'd have been crazy. Yeah, because I never even thought about it about using it that way. Right. I mean, it's like it's it's an inverted silence. Yeah. You you create a basically a bubble as long as you are in an enclosed room, and it becomes completely soundproof. <sighs> Which is very interesting. But yeah, anyway, long story short, even small ideas. You can make them into magical items, and people can do some crazy stuff with them. It's super cool. I always encourage it. Do do crazy things. Make all the things. Now, this is this is where people are going to get upset, and I apologize. What is the best reason? The third method for creating magical items, and my personal favorite... Because it's, it's cool. It, sound, it, it sounds cool. It sounds cool. That's where 90% of my ideas come from. And to be fair, that's where 90% of all magical item ideas come from. Most people are thinking in their heads, they're, they're probably thinking in their heads, hey, I need to make an item for something. 
and then they come up with some harebrained idea and they're like yo but that sounds so freaking cool like dude imagine if i made a bow that could scare dragons dude that sounds sick or you know stab of flame tongue into yeah creation yeah that was made up on the spot god that sword is crazy i'm really <sighs> glad it's gone uh, if it is i'm not i'm not really i'm not really happy it's gone because it was a cool idea it was definitely way overpowered for for the party at the time even at the limited rate that i gave it level six we blew up reality yeah <laughs> so what he's talking about is that in my tyranny of dragons campaign i created a or i shouldn't say i created because it was kind of made on the spot by multiple people um which was admittedly super cool like it by was accident it was completely made by accident but it was it was a very cool idea um i'm not going to explain the scenario because there was there's a lot of things involved with it but essentially it, it you have four pages shut up <laughs> they're almost all things <laughs> actually i think it's on the first page uh yeah because it should be uh, that one yeah so basically what it was is that i had a player take a flame tongue and he did something with it that caused it to gain tremendous power because flame tongues are renowned for absorbing fire um that's kind of like what they do um so i at what level five i think it was at level five yeah, i gave them this because i i think i was two levels of paladin three levels of sorcerer yeah so once once per day and Maybe with a recharge yeah and with a recharge feature I, I gave someone a weapon that could, you could make an attack roll, double your proficiency modifier on it when attempting to hit, and if you did, they take 3d12 plus double your damage modifier and radiant damage. Hey! Yeah, for a level 4 to 5 party at the time. And we gave it to the rogue. Yeah, I I wasn't, I wasn't very, like, I, so, that's my, that's my flaw when DMing. Dude, I give out magical items like it's fucking like crack. candy. Dude, yeah, it's bad. It's... And then your players react to it like it's crack, and we're just like, you got, you, you got any more of the, the magic items? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then everyone started going after magic items, which I I made a lot of magic items, but I I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. So there, so and this leads into another point. Um, it's definitely a fun thing, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this the method three first and then lead into another point that this brings up. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. If you have an idea for a magic item that sounds freaking cool, d do it. Like this this specific one that we talked about for creating an item with a purpose, a ring that can open specific doors throughout a city. Man, if your players get a hold of that, they basically become an enemy of the thieves guild that has access to every private door within the city. Or, see, the funny thing is, you went Thieves Guild. My first thought was, it's a mage ring. That too. That is how he actually gets around his own tower. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because, you know, wizards do all kinds of shenanigans in their towers. So it's just like, who knows? Maybe they are, like, they have dimension doors, like, set up in places where they're like, mm -hmm. cool, I just... You just that. pop around. Absolutely. And the only way I can do that is through this ring. And then, you know, the party Whack. somehow gets a hold of it and is like, cool, I own your tower now. <laughs> That's terrifying. Especially if your your Ooh. party has 
Actually, that gives a me a wizard. That gives me a real interesting idea, actually. And so oh, this good. is going to go into point. I'm going to expand on this idea because it kind of goes, it kind of helps with my methodology of like how I create magical items. So you're talking about like a ring that gives you, that basically acts as a key for dimension doors all around the tower. Yeah. But what if they weren't dimension doors? So what if, what if each location within the tower is set to a, uh, a teleportation circle ring, like code. And so your ring can spin to match different codes. <sighs> But you could also take that one step further by if you flip the ring and match the codes, you can move the entire tower. See, and I like that because that sounds more wizard wizardy. Because like, if a random person puts it on, yeah, sure, there might be like three different spinning bands with numbers on them, and they'd have no they, idea what it means. Half of those, at least, the wizard's like, "Cool, I remember these numbers because I set them to trap rooms." Right, and so like that. That's the kind of methodology we behind one. making a magic <laughs> item. Absolutely. Uh, the the purpose behind it was clear. It's to travel across a, a mage's tower. Uh, the mechanics for it make sense, uh, depending on how you spin the ring. So um, you, can, you can choose a number between one through six, or you can roll for it. And depending on what it is, changes the teleportation circle. And then if you turn it around and roll, choose another one through six, it changes the location of the tower across whatever your your map is i just remembered that i had one of those like percentile spinner rings uh-huh that's like the perfect thing to to use for it like absolutely if you just own one of those and be like cool did i get lucky like which like the players can do that and be like cool did i like what room do i end up in cool you walk into a room you don't see the the gelatinous cube because you know they're like <laughs> fully invisible sometimes that's true Actually, and so this is the other thing with creating magic items, is that it links ideas very well. So we started with a ring of specific doors. Yeah. I went Thieves Guild, you went Mage. We Then we made a ring that changes teleportation or acts as a key to dimension doors. Cool. So my... Now both of those can exist. Yeah, both of they, those, they're, they're distinct. They have their own purposes, and both purposes work for, for what the mechanics yeah. are. But linking ideas is also something you can do uh, like if you're looking for more so in my mind uh, we went from a, a ring that unlocks doors a ring that to sorry to a ring that can uh, change teleportation circles so my next thought is like what if you're what if you're starting a basic adventure and but you want to make it like um, the party has a centralized home, so there's always one city that they can come back to. Yeah. And so, once per day, a ring that they have equipped acts like a teleportation circle ring, so they can always teleport back to the the town portal. That I like that because like it's so it's it's a way to check mark. Yeah. Not only is it a way checkpoint. to feel like you checkpoint, but also like. Fast I've, I've heard well, no, I've heard of sto like stories on TikTok where it's just like cool. My players ran into the BBG a lot sooner than they were yes. technically supposed to. Yeah. Just having that cool, we're not ready for this fight. Uh-huh. Escape card. Absolutely. Can literally just be like, cool, they avoided the, the accidental TBK. Because, like, I, in my mind, had this person here. They, ex like, they decided to go there. And I'm not going to be like, cool... He's not there he, anymore. He's not there anymore. Like, 
No, and that's especially in like an open world style game. If you accidentally run into the BBG, that's that's gone. It happened. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're in hard mode now. <laughs> like that's that's how it works. Welcome but, to Minecraft hardcore mode. <laughs> but in anyway, uh, getting back on topic. So magical item creation. There's a lot of ways to start it. Uh, nine times out of ten, you're always going to use the same three things. Uh, you're going to focus on mechanics. You're going to find a purpose for it, and you're you're gonna you're not going to make an item that you don't think is cool. There's never there's never a time that you are going to you personally <coughs> are going to make a magical item that you don't think is cool because if it's not cool, you're not going to make it. Yeah. That's I mean that's the like, whole that's like the whole if thing. If you don't enjoy putting it together as you're going, you're not going to finish it. Right. Because there's no, like... There's no, there's no, yeah. There's it, no need, there's no point, like... You control if it's in the game or not, and if you don't like it, you're never going to put it in the game. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's jump for, for a second here. So we've been talking about making magical items. Yeah. Uh, looking at the mechanics, giving them a purpose, um, making sure that you enjoy the, the ideas, because that really is one primary, uh, like, method of hey, this is a cool idea and I want to make it. But a lot of other things that people ask about is, and, and more specifically is like players ask about when they worry, uh, because players have worries and it's always important to address them, balancing issues. Yeah. So we just talked about that with, with Calypso, the, the sword that does way too much damage and you got it at way early of level. Well, thinking about it, I should have given it a curse. Yeah, and I feel like if we had, I feel like if Tobias had been anywhere near the creation of that, he it he would have. have thought of something and talked to you later about it, and sure. been like, "Cool, it's there." Yeah, because <laughs> so, and, but it is it is a uh, a very important thing to address, right? So if you're ever a, a player or a DM and you're worried about something is overpowered or something is like it breaks a specific rule that you have or anything like that, give it a curse. Curses are cool. Yeah. They don't have to be crazy. It can be something simple like soul binding it. It can be something simple like they have disadvantage on certain uh, saving throws or they have disadvantage on certain skill checks. Like, it can be simple. Um, but curses are freaking cool. I, I love curses. And and it's it's almost like, because we've, we've talked about this a bit, sure. especially with, like, when we talk about creating characters, mm -hmm. we like our characters to have yes, a weakness. Yeah, to have a flaw absolutely if a weapon is feels too good to be true it should have a reason that it's not right like, or that it's it that it is too good to be true right and and this can even be something as like it postpones the too good to be true and you give it a temporary curse that you can cleanse later and make the full item yeah because there, like there's there's a thousand different ways to use curses and there's a thousand different curses you can use uh, and there, a lot of them are really cool, uh, and some of them are just funny. Uh, for for example, in my campaign, I had I had a player that is he played he played true to form. I've mentioned him a couple times now. Uh, I think I mentioned him a lot in the last uh, in the last session. Um, he's really cool. He 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 plays his character really well, and I I, I really like him as a person. Yeah, so Calcifer um, <laughs> exactly is a is a about. tiefling warlock that was in my campaign, and long story short, the dude's an asshole. He's an he's a lawful evil character. Uh, he plays it really well. He does not give a crap about anything but what he wants. Yep. 
and uh, and he thinks pretty much everyone's beneath him, which is you know fine until you walk into a shoe shop that is owned by a pixie, and you smart off, and not only does she throw you out of her shop with a gust of wind, but curses you to have butterfly wings that you can't see, but everyone else can. So it's curses are cool, and they can be super funny, and uh, like they don't even like that. That didn't do anything to him. It didn't. Like, there was no drawback to that. Nope. Actually, it gave him annoyed, a benefit. Yeah, other than it annoyed him. Yeah, that's it. When, when he eventually found out. And that's 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 all curses have to be. They they can be just a mild annoyance. They don't have to be something that permanently, like, uh, weakens a character. They don't yeah. have to be something that uh, makes them, makes it unfun to play anymore. Like, it just... Like, uh, Tobias' Curse of Glass... Yeah, I, I understand. I want I, it. I, you, I understand you the understand. build. I understand the build and whatnot. I, I understand it. the the theory and everything. Like I understand this curse. So to give, to I'm give, terrified of actually to give a, ending up with it. <laughs> to give some context, uh, so a friend of ours, his name is Tobias. I should have invited him tonight after Corey stepped out. Yeah. I should have. Um, so a friend of ours, Tobias. He's he's a fantastic dungeon master. Uh, he's a fan, fantastic storyteller. Um, one of his curses that you can find in his world is called the Curse of Glass. If anyone listening is familiar with the Risk of Rain uh, series, because it's in both of them, uh, yes, there is a there is a, a curse that exists or uh, an artifact that you can run, whatever, uh, called the uh, basically called the a glass run. Uh, it's where you ha- you do extraordinary amounts of damage, but you have one health. That's it. That's the curse. You have one health. You like triple the amount of damage you can output, but like. But you have one health. If you get hit, you're bye. dead. <laughs> um, so, so it's it's, but but that's the that's the concept of uh, high risk, high reward. Yeah. Like if you, I now if if they if he surprised the his player that found it with it, I could understand the player being a little miffed. Yeah. But if, if you, there's a player that exists that's like. I want it. It's worth it. Let's go. Like, you know. Like a rogue. Corey with his... Yeah. Gra- like, great bow. Exactly. <laughs> that man would utilize the crap... Like, that build I would can see, utilize yeah. the crap out of that. I can see Corey doing really well with that. Because his whole thing is like, if you see me before you die, I'm playing my class wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah. No. And you're absolutely right. Um, but, so... Curses are built the same way magic items are mechanics which is really funny to think about a perfect no but it makes sense i mean it's, it does. it's positive magic versus negative magic yeah they are built the same way and a part of it is yo this curse sounds cool as hell yep right <laughs> like uh man what was it uh i think D has one that's the berserker's axe yep dude i love the berserker's axe it's so cool. I'm going to look up its stats real quick because I can't remember everything about it. But it's like, it does some pretty cool shit. And then there's like the, um, there's like an honor bound blade or something where if, if you get, if you take damage from like a party member, you like mm-hmm. get forced into a duel or something. I don't know. I don't remember that one. So, so Berserker's Axe. It gives you a plus one to attack and damage rolls, uh, as a magical weapon. And your hit points increase by one for each level you, you've attained. So basically, you get a health boost, you get a damage boost, and you get a to hit boost. The you problem get, is... You get half of tough. You do, like but you get a curse. Feet. <laughs> right, but you get a curse. So, the curse is, um, you can't 
not use the X. Uh, if you if you don't, then you have disadvantage on all attack rolls with any other weapon. Um, but the other one is that whenever a hostile creature damages you while the axe is in your possession, you have to succeed on a DC 15 wisdom save or go berserk. And while berserk, you attack the nearest creature around you. And then you use your extra attack to attack the nearest creature around you until you fell the target. And then you choose the next one. Yeah. And it's, it's... So hope your, uh... <laughs> give this to your barbarian. Yep. And then make sure everybody else is, is either a ranger... Away. Yeah. Wizard of some sort, and uh -huh. like a warlock. Because it's just like, cool. You go do that, we're just gonna be picking we're just things gonna be over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's the, like, curses are cool. And that one is in D&D. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's a, br uh, a brilliant one. Yeah. I, I really do like the Berserker Axe, and it's... It's a good basis for what cursed weapons should be. It's it's not something that should completely hinder the play style of whatever the player is. Like that's that's I, lame. I can think of several barbarian characters that I've met that would love this. Right. And wouldn't Randy. Be, yeah. And wouldn't even be all that miffed about it because like I only I think there was only one and I think it was one of Randy's bar, uh, barbarians mm -hmm. where he was not the only front line in that party. Right. So, like, the odds of that ever being, like, against me or a party member always felt low. Right. I'm also just, you know, terrified of Randy's barbarians half, to th half the time. Because it's they're like, fair. cool, I, yeah. I'm meeting a new character. Are you magic? Do you take damage from this weapon? Whack. That's fair. Uh, this is another magic item that I made uh, for Calcifer. I love this one. I So, one thing to know, the reason I keep bringing up Calcifer, especially in these moments, when when he joined my campaign, uh, it was already part of the way through, and so I had to come up with something that he agreed with, with his character backstory, uh, in a relatively quick fashion. And the first iteration of it wasn't, in my opinion, it was not the quality that I had wanted to give. Uh, so when I next gave him the ability to upgrade his magic item, I I made it to where the more curses he has afflicted, the stronger he becomes. So that's why that's why when whenever we talk about curses or we talk about like attitude problems, Calcifer comes up. Yeah. So one yeah, of both. the one of the one of the magic items I gave him uh, is something I called the cursed mantle. Basically uh, it comes with a feature called shedding mail. So every successful hit against the wearer subtracts from their armor class by 1 to a minimum of 13. Uh, this was Chainmail, so he, he went up to 16. But as a bonus action, you can take 1d4 piercing damage from the armor, basically stabbing into you, and restore the armor class back to a max of 16. So the idea behind this was, like, it's cursed because you have to attune to it, and... The curse is that every time you get hit, your AC drops by one. But on the other side of that, taking 1d4 points of damage to yourself... That's nothing. That's nothing. Especially because he was playing a paladin at that point. He was not. Are you sure? Yeah, this was this was before the burst. He was still playing his warlock when he mm -hmm. got this? Hmm. Yeah, because I gave this to him, and then I gave him... It's been too see. long, man. Let's see. Where is it? Where is where is my the favorite thing that I gave him? Uh, oh shoot! It's gonna take me a second. Josh, talk about something. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, is that yeah? So I also gave him a battle axe oh. called Force Devotion, which is why he thought about becoming a paladin. Yeah. 
So, the curse is that you can no longer cast spells. Which, which, which for a warlock, that's not a big thing. It's not, but it also takes away from the fact, hey, you're a spellcaster. So, there, there was a downside to it that I had to ask him if he was okay with it. Because that's one thing you should always do. If you're making an item for someone, make sure they're okay with what the effects are. Uh, because if you have a curse or anything like that, you can negatively affect, affect them and they won't be happy with their character anymore. But he was okay with this. Um, and so... And he could still Eldritch Blade if he was fine. He could, yeah. He could still cast cantrips. You just couldn't cast new leveled spells. Um, but instead of casting spells, I gave him a feature called uh, necro uh, Necrotic Smite. So, and then I, I have this habit. I don't know where I got it from, but I, I name it. Then I give it a subtitle. So in this case, Parasitic Exposure. Don't know why. And then I explain the results. I don't know where that came from. It's just something I do now. Um, it's weird. So, but basically, while wielding this battle axe, you are cursed. You may not cast any leveled spells while wielding this weapon. Instead, when you hit a melee attack with this weapon, you can expend one spell slot to deal 2d8 extra necrotic damage to a target, plus 1d8 for each spell level higher than the first to a max of 5d8. Basically, I gave him Paladin Smite, but for necrotic damage, because he's a warlock. Yeah. I also gave him improved critical, um, or not really improved critical, I gave him uh, additional critical damage. Yeah. So I gave it Vicious Nature as an enchantment. So when you roll a, a, a 20 on your attack with this magic weapon, the target takes an additional 7 damage worth of the, the, the weapon's type. Yeah, slashing. Yeah, so slashing damage. Um, but it's a fascinating curse because it does hinder the play. Like, it completely changes his play style. It, it he, almost made him a Hexblade right. without playing a Hexblade. Exactly, which he had been, he'd been bouncing back and forth on. And this was my final, hey... Do what you want to, and if you still want the Hexblade features, I'll give you something. Yeah. And that's basically what it was there for. Um, I still love the description I gave for this weapon, which was, uh, no mage strong enough. There is no mage. What? I don't know. You can't spell. I Apparently not. No mage strong enough to wield this, nor paladin with enough magic. Uh, what the frick was I trying to say there? I don't know. Man. I don't know either. Um, I think I think it was supposed to say there is no mage strong enough to wield this, nor paladin with enough magic. Uh, no, this axe makes up for the lacking of its owner, bringing them closer to di to divinity's grasp to death. Uh, and it's it's still a cool like I don't know how I you had to reword it. I don't know how so the cool. frick I scuffed that thing. So I also give all of my magic items just like minor descriptions like that because it just entertains me. Um, I like, I like when people read things. So, like, I made Fool's Gold, which was a, a gambler coin to basically give, um, like, advantage on a roll. Uh, if you if you called the flip. Yeah. But if you failed, you got disadvantage. So it was a risk either way. We had a gambler in the party. He liked it. We went with it. But um, it was a golden coin glistens in the palm of a gambler. Heads the face of a demon. Three, uh, tails, three triangles, in tight formation. Before the luck of the gambler and the will of the prince of Nessus... All else is rendered null and void. Uh, because basically, the, it was a gold coin uh, given to him by the Prince of Hell. So, yeah, he had a, he had a deal with Asmodeus. I know, so half of our party did. I know! That's also the interesting thing. It's if you're, if your players have connections to Hell Demons for any reason, or Hell Gods for any reason, curse the shit out of everything. Do it. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. I also like that, like... Of 
all of the essence items. Mine is still the only one that's still referred to as essence in the Shadowfell. Yeah, yours was the first one I made. So, but to be uh, fair, yours is freaking cool. Oh, I love it. I just didn't get a cool name. I mean, yeah, but I feel like I liked your um, your description better than I liked everyone else's, and they were all kind of based off the same. But the but mine was best. Well, the like the side things were a bit changed. Um, oh, that's really funny. I didn't change that. <laughs> Whoops. Um, Whoops. But, but no, it was like, like magic items are cool. I, I always recommend making magic items for your characters. In fact, one or, of my... Or just make them. Or just make them. Yeah, make yourself like, a, a dictionary or whatever of magic item creations. Like, yeah, the D&D Beyond has a lot of cool magic items on it that you can... Read through them. If you like them, great. If you don't, just make your own. Just send it, man. Don't mind me. I'm just getting a refill. This is the weirdest refill. <laughs> just full switched drinks. I I don't even know which one of these <laughs> is actually like recent. Uh, both of these are actually. I uh I got real thirsty after work, and so when I went and got food, I ordered two Dr. Peppers and a shake. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't give a crap this about the actual food. Thirsty. I didn't give a crap about the actual food, but I did get three drinks. <laughs> I can just imagine the look on the face of the person who's like, they open like the window to see one person who they then had three beverages. Actually, it just was... thinking. Actually, I did the I did the uh, the curbside pickup, so I actually watched this man walk out with a fucking bag that had the cup holders in it, and, and then me... see one person. Yeah, he handed me one bag of food, and then he's like, "And here's your drinks," and I'm like. Thanks. And he's like, he's like looking through the vehicle, like, where's everybody else? He did. No, dude, it's so funny, dude. I was like, I was exhausted after work today. Anyway, we're getting off topic. We're good at that. Uh, yeah, we are. But that's the point of podcast. Almost as kind of good talk. at that as we are apparently making magic. Dude, I love making magic items because we just made two rings. We did. Actually, we made three. I think. We... Yeah, we did. Yeah, opens doors, teleports, and then teleports to cities like a checkmark. Yeah. Um, no, magic items are cool. They're they're the whole reason that I actually got back into being a DM in the first place. It, like in all seriousness, I the stories and stuff are cool, but dude, I freaking love making magic items. And there is no magic item I love more than magic items that grow with the player. You've made two monsters, huh? Yeah, you've made several monsters. I've made a, a few monsters, yeah. Uh, you've never seen this one, though. This was for a, a campaign with some friends. It's kind of terrifying. Oh, I like how it gives... Does it do that automatically? Yeah. Or? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You can you can pick and choose if it's got legendary or mythic actions. Well, no, I mean, like, the font and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. That's um, pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but, no, like, magic items <laughs> that grow... Uh-huh. Clergy assassin. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> what, like, mechanically not good, or... Not good to uh, face. J Josh, they are an assassin for, for the church. So both. Yeah, they speak celestial. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Anyway. I do. That is Animal Crossing. You're right. That is not <laughs> celestial. Maybe it is. I hope not. Anyway. I still haven't played that game. Back, up, back onto the point. So, uh, magic items that grow with players. They are... It's, it's probably my favorite... <laughs> style of magic item and josh can attest to this i've made some pretty decent ones i i don't think i i don't think you have made one that you have shown me that i've been like yeah that's not cool or not good 
I mean, yeah, that's fair. Oh, not that one. That's for that's for. Uh, I will show you that item later. But. Also, do you want to help me make the hand cannon? Oh yeah, we can do that tonight. Because like, oh, and I've never this, act- so I've never so actually made. This will be a good proof of practice. In no, D&D we're not. Beyond. Fuck D and D Beyond right now. Uh, I have a journal around here somewhere. Somewhere looks around on the table. Shut up! I don't have a pencil though. And I didn't bring my backpack. Oh, that's a shame. I'm gonna have to. There's a pencil right there. This man cannot see Josh. the desk for the forest. Oh, it has lead. Huh. When did it get lead? <laughs> the whole reason I didn't use this pencil for like a week is because I didn't think it had lead in it. And then there's another one right there. I can tell about the that. That one I know for a fact. One. That one I know for a fact doesn't have any lead. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go down the list, and I'm gonna go from the back because this is the book that I was using for the other thing. Yeah. Um. All right. Dun, dun, dun. So, so you wanted to make an item. Describe the character that it was for. So the, give give uh, give give the whole the whole spiel. No. All right. Fine. I'll do it. Uh. No. <laughs> Uh, so I originally the plan was we were playing Spelljammer and the original idea was I was going to build James Hawkins from Treasure Planet except I built him older and as a like after he finished his time in the military he became a ranger and my my idea was to play a Horizon Walker for the first time because I started reading through that class and was like yo this is sick um true but we started out in our buddy tobias's homebrew campaign which was kind of a mistake for going into Spelljammer. but the the it's a pretty fucking cool world like we literally told him hey as soon as you are ready to run this we'll be back yep um we did and we are back yeah playing it every sunday yep and uh so i i essentially built james and i kind of mixed him with uh, Mr. Silver, I think is his name. I don't remember. Uh, so he ended up with a cybernetic, or not cybernetic, but like prosthetic arm and leg, and um, was just this highly perceptive uh, ranger who preferred to use a bow. Um, didn't really like getting in close for fights, but could. Um, and this one was playing Ordon, the astral elf, like artificer slash barbarian. Yep. Still a cool multi-class by the way. Yep. And it worked. Yep. It's a weird concept, but, um, as we were exploring this world, we found guns because (laughs) one of Tobias's like favorite NPCs is a divination wizard gunslinger facts and it's a cool combo it's a cool just combo. saying portent is fun it's game fucking breaking but, but it's, it's fun. fun um so yeah guns at, at the very least existed in this world and tobias had his own like hand cannon-esque he did he made his weapon own weapon system um <sighs> and it was one of those things where like the more barrels it had, the more damage or whatever, like the better a weapon it was. Um, and our characters ended up finding like a six, six barrel revolver of some sort. I think so. And you bought it on the black market. Yeah. And you know, the artificer and the, the ranger were just like, 
Yo, this is really cool. I want to work with this. So you were like, I want to work with this. And I was like, cool. I've got an arm that I can literally take off. Do you want to try putting the barrels in my arm? And, and he's then not- his arm was gone. Yeah, it was just click here. And literally built a hand cannon. It was more like, yeah, because it was like from the shoulder. Yeah, stole it and ran. Um, but it was this, it was this hand cannon that fought the firing mechanism was him punching. Yep. So like, that was the mechanics behind it. It it almost immediately gave him the gunner feet because it's like, cool, I punch you in the face. I'm not going to miss you with the gun that pops out of my arm. Correct. Um, so it was a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool thing. But because, you know, the size of a, a person's arm, we can only fit three barrels. That's all I needed. Um, Three chambers. Chambers, whatever. Just saying. Gotta be specific here. We're talking about magic items, mechanics, all that shit. Yeah, well, I didn't build this thing. Right, but... I helped. Speeding the story... It was built onto me. It's true. Speeding the story up a little bit. Sorry. No, you're you're totally fine. We got to the point where uh, we were finding ways to waste time because when Spelljammer was being ran where we played it, it, multiple tables were running it. We're trying. Yeah, so they wanted they wanted everyone to be consistent with their with their with like we were the progress. we were adventure leaguing it without officially adventure leaguing. Right. So don't do while, that. So while our table was waiting for all the other parties to catch up and actually get into space, start the spell jamming adventure. I mean, we went all over Tobias's world and we found that Tobias has uh, some very cool magic metals, which. Hey, in magic items, if you want to make magic metals that do different things, do like it. screw adamantium, do other it's things. Lame. Do make other metals. Give them drawbacks and, and additives. Make them rare or common. It doesn't matter. Uh, in Tobias's campaign, there were two of, of specific note. There was gravitum, which basically worked as though if it was propo- uh, propelled. As if it had just bounced from a an extraordinarily strong magnet, so it was it, it would go it you would draw it back or whatever and it would just go. It was unaffected by gravity basically. The other one was uh, iridium, which was basically a, a mix of a a light uh, a brittle metal and the pure essence of cold magic, and technically necrotic. He later informed me. Yeah, and, and, and like, necrotic. It's like frostbite, how it like actually like decays great, your yeah. fingers. Yeah. yeah, it does that instantaneously. It's cool. Shit. It's it's really cool. But us being nerds and me liking to make magic items even back then, and, you know, I'm both like, of us aspiring to be blacksmiths at one point in our, our hey, lives. Let's make let's make bullets out of those. We went into the literal metallurgy of it, and we're like, cool. We're we're doing this. Yes, yeah, it's pretty sick. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, I started arguing with Tobias about how metals work, and he said, fuck you, and I said, all right, fine. But we did it. We did. We I only left the planet with three rounds of, uh, I think, Gravitum, and I yep. don't know if I ever used We didn't used get any, any Iridium. But... I don't know if I ever used them. Um, it took Iridium in order to make uh, the Gravitum bullets. How do you remember that, man? Because I fucking loved that campaign, Josh. So basically, long story short... Uh, Tobias, when he runs his campaign multiple times, previous run-throughs affect the world. So my Ordon, even though I'm not playing him anymore, is in the world somewhere, and so is his his magical item, along with James and his magic item. In this case, his arm. 
So Tobias, in his infinite wisdom... But the person who played that character cannot obtain that weapon. Right. That is his stipulation. That is his stipulation. So I, I can't I get can, my glaive. And I I can build, but I cannot have James's weapon. Right. Cannon. But someone else in the party can. Which really sucks, because I'm literally playing like the perfect character to get a punching gun. I mean, yeah... But I'm fighting. not. But I'm not playing a character to get a fucking powerful glaive. Anyway, so Tobias gave us the the opportunity that because we were coming back to play in his game, and he wanted our characters in his previous run through to have an impact somewhere, that the the weapons or a a significant detail of our choice could be a magical item with his campaign, like an artifact level. Yeah, thing. A, like a a high class artifact level campaign. So I made one, or Don. Um, the the artificer barbarian. I wielded a a glaive that I basically like. It would look like I was pulling out a sword, and then I'd click a button, and the the entire staff of it would um, extend. Which was already really cool. It was a cool concept, but then I made it crazy. I went fucking crazy with it. Uh, so I actually made it into two different items. I called it Locus Fracti and Locus Totem, which is something uh, you can do when you make an artifact level thing. Yeah, you, you can make it crazy. Just send it. Uh, but basically the the. The concept of it was, yeah, it's it's. I forgot how good this thing. Dude, this it's it's crazy. The basic concept was, um, there are each weapon has a certain number of charges, and when it's out of charges, it'll swap to its other form. But you can combo them um, very specifically into doing different things. So locus fracti, which was the glaive form, I could basically make a final attack with it and pull everyone close and then the other form of that weapon specialized in aoe short range damage uh so i would pull them close and then my next turn i would slam the ground and everyone would die it was the was the implication behind it uh but josh has asked multiple times hey can we help yeah can we go through actually like fully fleshed out from start to finish right a magic item yeah so and we can do that uh during the course of this podcast because that's what it's there for we can implement the ideas we've talked about of mechanics, purpose, and, hey, that sounds cool. Uh, and as well as, if you want to, we can give it a drawback. Aside from the fact that you have to lose an arm to wield it. That already feels like one. Yeah, in, but, in it's like, but, it's, but it's really not, because you're but putting another arm on. Yeah, it's it's the whole, like, Hand of Vecna thing, where it's like, cool, yeah. I've got this thing. Wow. Bye! Yeah, exactly. Except it's this. So it's like, I've got this thing. Whack! Yeah. <laughs> Though I think Tobias made it that it's actually from the elbow down. Oh uh, yeah. Well, the gun is yes. Uh, but your whole arm is actually your your up to your shoulder. Good, because that was how you made I the character. Yeah. Because it sounded like he mentioned it was just you know from here down. And I was like, that's stupid. Yeah, the gun is from the elbow down. But so, so let's start with uh, the the purpose of it. So we're we're making a gun that would iterate a level twenty James. Right, I still haven't actually built into level twenty yet. Well, you know, we can we can hypothesize because yeah. I I ended up building my uh, Ordon to super high levels because of he was sucked into the abyss. <laughs> Poor bastard. And then I never got to bring him back because it never ended. Yeah, I was very sad about that. I'm gonna fix that one day. I'm going to run Spelljammer and Ordon's coming back along with James, uh, and it's gonna be super depressing. Yeah, because they're actually, gonna fight each other. I made I made a copy of James because like the spell dreamer went one way, like the spell dreamer right. version went one way, and then 
you know. Yeah. Uh, Warlocks with a negative one charisma. Not good, by the way. Yeah. Don't do that. It's not fun. Um, Anyway, so James's purpose back then, would you have gone full ranger? Yeah. Yeah? The plan was to... Because, like, I've, I've multi-classed so many times. Like, if I had multi-classed, it would have been into, into, like, fighter for some of their, like, cool things. Right. But, like, maybe, like, I might have gone for Arcane Archer. Mm-hmm. But I, I was reading through the things that came with um, Horizon Walker. Mm-hmm. And they, like, there's some really interesting abilities right. with Horizon Walker. Like the ethereal step or whatnot where it's like cool if you take the attack action on your turn before each attack mm-hmm. you can teleport 10 feet and as long as you target different opponents or different as long as there are th- separate targets you get a third attack on top of that mm-hmm. like you get a free attack as long as long as you target something new right so it's like cool i teleport 10 feet i shoot you with a bow I teleport 10 feet, I shoot that guy with a bow. I teleport 10 feet, I shoot that guy with a bow. In one turn, I can go 90 feet just walking and teleporting. Okay. I apologize for what's about to happen. Oh, no. I'm about to tick him off and uh, emphasize the, the method number three. It sounds cool. So, Josh, originally, it had three barrels. Yeah. But... Level 20, you've lived a good life, you've adventured, it has six barrels. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you traveled with a master artificer. Oh, is this the drawback we're going with? No. You, is that what you're breaking the news to me of? What? No. You said I would hate it, so I figured... No, you hate it because I just came up with uh, basically your magic item. Oh. Um, so you, you traveled with a master, master artificer for a long time. When will he learn? I know, I don't ever. His actions have consequences. I don't ever learn. So... <laughs> No, what hit, if, hit me with it. What if, um, at some point, Ordon and James came up with, man, having to make ammunition for all these different types is so ineffectual. Or so, inefficient. Yeah, so what if, instead of the bullets, we make six chambers that you can rotate, and each one changes the bullet? Cue six barrels that each do a different effect. This fucking guy. I'm sorry. It's... Whole... That's what I do. So I love it. I hate you. So as a so as a bonus action, or so so to give it a drawback, as a main action, you can pre-select the barrel you want to use. Okay. As a bonus action, you can random roll the barrel you want to use. I love it. But each barrel has a different effect. Yeah. The normal one uh, gives a normal bullet damage. Yeah. You you can shoot it. Yeah, it's, it's a normal bullet. To be elemental. Works like Chaos Orb. You can choose what element it's going to be. You mean Chromatic Orb? Uh, yes. Uh, Chaos, Chaos Bolt, Bolt is what I was thinking of. Uh, you can choose what element it's going to be when you fire it. So you can do... Excuse me. Fire, uh, cold, acid, poison, lightning, and... I think it's poison? Yeah. It's the chromatic. I forget. Steel. Uh, the third one is Iridium. Because, of course, you would have something in there that gives you Iridium. Except I would also have to find a way to become immune to Iridium. No, you wouldn't. It's an arm. Yeah, but, like... We built the arm to be immune to Iridium. 
cool because like the first time I when we came across a yeah, you he tried it with his he tried with his mechanical hand and, and the hand was just like no and he's like oh <laughs> I haven't uh, had a feeling in this in yeah, forever I don't normally I'm not normally able to feel my hand but uh, <laughs> I think you actually said that oh <laughs> like it was literally like had to yeah un like break and move his hand again right and he's just like that's new yep so the iridium the iridium one uh, you shoot fire it causes uh it causes the the poison damage so it doesn't get the full effects of iridium but it the the damage converts to cold and necrotic yep and when you take damage with it you roll a save and if you fail the save you get poisoned yeah and it does take damage okay. gravitum uh is the fourth barrel when you fire it the the person you're firing if they're um large or less they have to roll a constitution saving throw and on a fail they are knocked prone if they are larger than large and they fail they are pushed back 10 feet okay okay because okay. that's the 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 effect of gravitum okay. now james he was a war man he was a soldier yep uh, the drawback could be that when he rolls the gravitum, he is also pushed back. That could be. Like, yeah, it, one the, of many drawbacks. Sure. Uh, but James, he he was a soldier. He fought in wars. He understands... He was a sailor. He was a sailor. But he understands that sometimes you need a little bit more than just damage to make sure that you last through fights. So the fifth barrel is Tobias's... is enchanted with Tobias's custom... Uh, or one of his custom schools of magic restoration so if you roll restoration you can shoot an ally it just pops out and it's this giant needle it's like, yeah it's just a syringe like <laughs> it's like ah! what the what the heck? it does like one piercing damage and then yeah. heals and it's like what the but what but yeah so you fire it and it it fires it turns the bullet into uh, a restoration magic uh or enchanted with restoration magic yeah. so whoever it hits it actually heals the final one to go off of his Horizon Walker feet, it doesn't actually fire a bullet. Instead, it's a portal gun. That sounds cool. Right? So you can choose to select it, and you can shoot two different portals that are permanently linked. That you can step through, or fire through, and it will pop out the other portal. Write that down. <laughs> you like that? I yeah. Yeah. That's fucking sick. I'm glad. This is why people hate me, by the way. Because he I, just he, it just like I, it's there yeah, and he's like it's, it's and a it comes out and it's, it's a like problem. This guy. Yeah. It's great. Magic items are great. If you play D D and you don't get excited when you get a magic item, there's something wrong with you. Or you've been burned too many times by, yeah, by, by bad uh, curses or bad DMs. Place. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong. Like, you should you should always be excited about magic items. And even if there are drawbacks, you should still be excited about the magic item. Uh, unless it's a forest curse, and then you can just be sad. Like, you put on a ring, and it's like, oh, it's a ring of consumption. The ring is eating your finger. I guess I don't need my hand anymore. <laughs> right? Vector, give me yours! Uh, I, it's funny, I always forget that James had a negative to strength and charisma. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of weaknesses, but that was because like, I rolled in... three fifteens, two nines, and a random like twelve. Right. 
Oh yeah, here you go. The Ring of Blank Bars. Once a day, you may uh, use an action to deafen a room, allowing no sound to escape out of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool idea. It's, um, just, it's just a thing. It's just a small ring. So, like, we're gonna wound down here, wind down here. Apologies, uh, because we've been we've been going for a while. We've talked about basically what magic items are, and to summarize, as long as when you make a magic item, you keep an idea of what it's for, you enjoy the concept and its fruition, and you link the mechanics to be something influential, whether to the story or the players. That's all you need. It can be a, something small or something monumentous. It can be something simple or it can be something legendary. As long as you enjoy it, your players will enjoy it. Because as I said and have said, magical items, everyone loves them. So, always, always just keep those three things in mind. And... The same goes for curses. If you want to make a magic item cursed, keep its mechanics in mind, how it, uh, what its purpose is, whether or not it's actually an interesting curse, and even if it's a common curse, they can still be interesting. The proper item that has the soulbound curse can have some really cool ideas. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and remember, when playing D&D, or a tabletop RPG, or any game, or anything that you're doing, gods above, have fun. Yeah, that's... I think we're literally going to end pretty much every episode. With have fun. Yeah, because it's... That is the, the one main rule. Point. It's the one, yeah, that's the point of all of this. If you are playing anything, and you're not having fun, why are you playing it? We're gonna go on this tirade every time. We're not. And we're not. We're we're gonna end it off saying have fun. No, I just mean we're going to go on this oh. tirade of dude, enjoy enjoy what you do. Yeah. Because that's that's what it comes down to. Making magic items, making NPCs, having expectations. Have fun. Seriously. Yeah. I mean that's all it is. As long as you're having fun, whether you are a player or a dungeon master, you'll never have a boring day. Except at work. Except at work. Screw work. Thanks, everyone, so much for watching. You can catch our podcasts live every other Monday at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time in the afternoon. We do our best. We do our best. Um, <laughs> if you don't miss it, it goes live on our YouTube channel that you can find in the description at Matt's Anvil on YouTube. So weird how it always... It's great. Like... You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and almost everywhere else that you can find podcasts online. So, once again, thanks everyone so much for watching. Josh, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm always going to be here. And I appreciate that thoroughly. We will catch all of you next time. I just built an entire weapon. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>